Good morning. How are we doing? I am. Uh, this is what, this is my favorite Sunday of the year. Uh, about six years ago, when we when we arrived here, we started a tradition that the second Sunday, because nobody comes to the first Sunday of the year, so the second Sunday of the year we are going to use to celebrate all that God has done in the past year and kind of give a word or a, a picture or a vision for what God is up to in the next year. And so today we're going to celebrate. And, and in, in our culture, we don't have a lot of like slow down and take inventory moments. You know what I'm talking about? We, I, I'm always amazed. I, people that are really disciplined confuse me. I don't know if you guys are like that, but you know the people that are like, yeah, I take four personal retreats every month, and I do one, and I take a whole day, and I pray for my business, and then, then I take a, a personal retreat day every month with my wife, and we pray about our family, and then we, we take the kids, and, and then I hear all these like super disciplined things. I'm like, man, I, I take like five minutes sometimes. It, it feels like life is just happening so fast, and there's so much going on, particularly around Christmas. I don't know about you guys, but we, we went to Ohio and spent time with our family, and that was something, uh, and, and we tried to get our house clean. Like it, just, it feels like the pace of this season is so fast, and in our culture, we're not great sometimes at just stopping and looking back and saying, all right, I think something actually happened in the last year. I think there was some good things that I need to celebrate, and there's some things that we should be grateful for, and there's some things that we should say, thank you, Jesus, and there's other things that we should say, thank you, Jesus, that that's over, right? Thank you, Jesus, that it's done. Thank you that I got through it. Thank you, and, and there's things that we need to celebrate, and there's things that we need to grieve, and sometimes we're not good at either of those things. Are you with me? Like we're not good at stopping and celebrating the good and saying, you know what, my life isn't so bad. There's things that I'm grateful for. There's things that I'm thankful for. I want to thank the Lord for this. I want to, I'll, actually, there's times when we actually need to thank each other, right? Thank the people around you. Who showed up for you this year? And who's somebody that was present in a way that was special and meaningful? And do we stop and say, thank you for that? Thanks for being with me. And then there's times when we need to just stop and grieve, like we, we operate at such a fast pace that we don't grieve over the things that hurt. And sometimes the answer to our pain or to our woundedness or to our brokenness is busyness. It's I gotta do more, I gotta be more active, I gotta forget about the thing that's actually happening and numb myself rather than actually sit in the thing that I have to grieve. And so Victory Sunday for us is a chance for us to stop and to reflect and look back and look forward and to say, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I, hear, I, I say this every year, but I want to say this again. This is not a Sunday where we bang our chests and talk about how great our church is. Uh, this is not about us celebrating Grace Marietta. It's not about us celebrating our staff. This is all about Jesus. This is us celebrating the work that God has done in us, through us, and among us, and us looking to him and saying, thank you. And so as we talk about these wins and these victories and the things that we're celebrating, we all need to keep in mind, this is all about Jesus. None of this happens without him. And so this is our opportunity to simply worship him, to say thank you, and to celebrate all the things that have happened in 2022. And 2022 felt like a weird year. The last three years have all felt like weird years. Are you with me? We had, we had covid we had shutdowns, we had kind of weird, nobody was even here on Victory Sunday on 2020, and, and if we were, we were trying to just stay away from each other, right? And then the last two years just have felt like 
there's this grieving that's happening. There's this kind of we're, we're worn out and we're tired and there's been this stress that we've all collectively walked through. And I felt like 2022 was almost this turning of a page from anxiety and stress into maybe normalcy. Maybe, maybe we're recovering. Maybe there's some new things and, that are being birthed and some good things that are happening. 20, the last three years have been weird for the church, right? We lost a lot of people over the last three years. And 2022 is the, is the year where, where our attendance started growing again and people started coming back to church. We were doing two services and, and hosting a bunch of people pre-COVID and then COVID happened and kind of people left the church in droves and, and people are starting to come back and reconnect. And, and so I don't know what 2022 looked like for you. I don't know if you're here thinking, oh man, there's a lot to celebrate. What a great year. Or if you're like, oh man, I'm so grateful that this season's over. I'm so glad we're stepping into the new year. I don't know where you sit today, but today I want to ask us both corporately and collectively and individually to just stop and slow down and reflect on the last year. And then maybe there's some asks today, some things we want to ask the Lord for in 2023. Maybe there's some things that the Lord might be inviting us into that if we don't slow down and pay attention, we'll miss it. But I want to start by looking at our church and by looking at 2022 and just celebrating a few things. So can I give us like a, like a top 10, like a David Letterman top 10 list of amazing things that happened in 2022? I don't know. if Was that Letterman that did that? All right. It's been a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since Dave's. He's doing something on Netflix with a big beard now, though. All right, here we go. Uh, 2022, we had an entire year where every single month we gathered in this room and, well, that's not, and, and we did upper room prayer nights. Uh, and so for, for the first time, and, and we started these worship nights and prayer nights, and I just want to be thankful and, and present to the fact that everything that has happened in this church is because it, because it was prayed for first. Uh, and so we have created a really healthy culture of prayer. We've got prayer leaders. We've got more people added to the prayer team. Lots of prayer things that have been happening. But every month we do a thing called the upper room where we just invite people to come and to pray in this room. Every Sunday morning, if you want to pray for the service, we do a pre-service. It's the service before the service where we just gather in here at 930 and we just pray for the service. We walk around for a half hour and pray for every seat that's in this room, for every person that's here. We pray over the communion. We pray over the worship. We pray over everything that's happening. And so I just want to celebrate the fact that we've been consistent in our prayer approach and we're growing in our culture of prayer. Um, our weekly Sunday attendance grew by nearly 50 people this year, which is pretty exciting, especially coming out of 2020 and 2021, where the numbers were going the opposite direction uh, in those years. Uh, we had our highest attendance ever on Easter Sunday this year, which is pretty exciting. So we had over 500 people on Easter Sunday, which is pretty exciting. We've had more baptisms of students this year than any other year. And so God was doing something really special with our students and with our next generation. And we've seen more kids... Come to know Jesus, which is what we've been praying for, right? Revival and, and that God would bring revival to, to Wheeler High School. Uh, we hired Grant Alsbrook as our high school pastor, which is a huge, huge thing. And then Grant, we're, uh, we're, we are not together on these slides, guys. Wait until I say it and then put it up. 
There we go. We hired Grant Allsberg. We hired Grant, uh, and, and through Grant, we started NG3, and NG3 is a partnership at Wheeler High School, and so every single day, we are on campus at Wheeler High School preaching the gospel, sharing about Jesus, discipling students, and ministering to them every day. It's a huge breakthrough. We've been trying to do it for six years. We finally got it launched this year thanks to Grant and to his leadership. Next slide. <laughs> Benton! Our, our first fellow, and so this is actually a huge breakthrough also. Benton is here, and Benton is here planning and preparing to plant the church, and so we're going to multiply what we're doing here at Grace Marietta as Benton and Megan go and plant a church, and we're really excited about all that's happening there. Um, we've had huge growth in our kids' area downstairs. Um, we're averaging over 80 kids every single week downstairs, which is crazy, the amount of kids. I mean, there are babies everywhere uh, downstairs. We, we literally are having conversations that we are running out of space. Like Benton said, we knock down walls so we convert closets into classrooms. That's how, it's, that's how full it is down there. And so I want to encourage everybody. How many of you have children that are here and are involved in the ministry here in some way? Raise your hand. I need every single one of you to show up next week and volunteer to help at least once a month. I'm serious. At least once a month to help out. Uh, we've we've got to have more help down there. There are way more kids than there are adults. And we've actually, we're going to talk about this in the coming months, but we've had to start paying babysitters to come um, because we can't get enough volunteers to be down there. So next week, there's a meeting about that. would love to have you there, and I would love to stop paying babysitters. Um, we commissioned over 20 new kingdom community groups uh, in the last year, and we have more people participating in groups in kingdom communities than we ever have in the history of our church, which is pretty exciting. There are more people involved in groups than ever before. All the kingdom communities are listed on that back wall right there, and there's information on how you can get connected to any of them. If you are here and want to get connected deeper into our church family, there's a great way uh, to do that back there. Um, we've supported financially 18 global missionaries serving Muslims in the 1040 window. 18 different missionaries are funded by the work that we're doing here at Grace Marietta, and our heart is to catalyze movements in the Muslim world, catalyze Jesus' movements in the Muslim world, and so uh, a lot of our effort is, is placed in that area, and so 18 different ministries, and I'm telling you guys, I can't tell you about all these ministries, because a lot of these are in closed countries, and they're doing things that are really dangerous and scary, but they're there is amazing, amazing ministry happening in the name of Jesus because of the financial support that you guys are giving and because of your generosity. Um, we had a stretch budget this year. Uh, we, we, we actually asked for a 16% increase in our budget in 2022 when we were coming out of our uh, like a historically low giving year for the church. And so we kind of said, all right, we're going to trust and believe that Jesus is going to show up in our generosity, that people are going to move and work, and that God is our provider and our protector. And so we're not going to shrink back and shrink the budget and shrink the vision. We're actually going to go for it. Um, we, we went for a 16% increase in our budget. We actually got 19% more than we had the year before. And so we actually had way more than we ever imagined because of your guys' generosity. And we ended the year 3% above our budget, which is, listen, I know nobody's excited about budgets, but you have to understand the budget is what pays for all of these other things, right? So the budget is what helps sponsor those 18 missionaries. The budget is what helps us serve the kids downstairs. It's what pays for the babysitters, all those, all those things. Um, 
Our, our park is continuing to connect and attract people. Uh, I don't know if you guys spend much time out there uh, or if you've been around the community long enough to see the evolution of that outdoor space. Uh, when I first arrived here, my children were younger, and I remember giving them instructions, do not go out there. You will get rickets or leprosy or something off of, like, there, there was a lot, of, it, it was shady. It, it, I think that's the best word we can use. Very shady. And our church, over the last few years, raised dollars so that we could create this amazing space for the community. We wanted to bless the community before we blessed ourselves. And before we did renovations on the inside of the building, we wanted to create some space outside that would connect to our community. And I can't tell you guys, we get comments every week from people in the neighborhood that are just saying thank you. Thanks for creating such a wonderful space. Thanks for blessing us. Our family's out here all the time. Um, the, the, the basketball court is being used. The playground's being used. The pavilion's being used. It's a beautiful, beautiful space that's connecting people to Jesus and connecting people to our church, and we're excited about that. And then this year, we, we hosted our first day of service where we all went out in the community and did a ton, a ton of really amazing things in the community. We're going to host another one of those in the coming year. It's really exciting to see how many ways in which we're blessing the community. And the thing that I'm most excited to share about is this year, we were able to give away around $100,000 um, in missions, benevolence, and church planting dollars. That may not seem like a whole lot to you guys, that was the budget of the church when I arrived here. That was all the money we had when I got here. We are now giving away more than what we had when we first arrived here. And our vision and our goal is that we multiply that every year by a percentage. We want to percentage grow the amount that we give away every single year until we're giving away around 50% of everything we have out to the community. And so there's lots of growth and lots of exciting things. But think about this, $100,000 was given to people that can't pay their rent, that, that don't have heat this month, that are struggling to pay the bills, that are in need of help and assistance, that need groceries. All of those things, those dollars went to that, those dollars went to the mission field, those dollars went to amazing organizations in our community that are meeting needs of folks in our community, and they went towards planting future churches, and so we're really excited uh, about all of that. So there we go. There's my top, there's my David Letterman top 10 list of exciting things. Um, here's what I want you to do. If you, if you started attending Grace Marietta in 2022, would you just raise your hand? If you started attending the church in the last, look at that, that's a lot of folks, that's awesome. We're so glad that you guys are here and so glad that you're a part of our family. Um, I, I, I was... This week, I spent some time with Don Schaefer. Uh, Don has been here forever um, and uh, was one of the original members of Holt Road Baptist Church, which is the church that was here prior to Grace Marietta coming and being a part of this. And, and as Don and I were talking, he's, he's hospitalized right now, so pray for Dr. Don. We're hoping that he comes home on Monday. But I've spent a lot of time with him over the past few weeks, and if you know Don, he loves to talk. And so we spent a good amount of time together, and Don was just saying to me, Ben... I was telling him about Victory Sunday and all that was happening this Sunday. And he said, Ben, like, you don't understand how long we've prayed for the things that are happening now. He said, I can remember prayer meetings 20 years ago where we sat in that room and we prayed that the things that are happening now would happen. Uh, and so I, I want to do something. I've never done this. And I, I just want, I, I see a few of you guys are in the back there. All the Holt Road folks 
uh, Jarrett, Frankie, O'Neills, would you guys stand up and can we honor these folks that have been praying for these things to happen for so long? something really, really special about the folks that have decided that we're going to stay here and we're going to be a part of this church and this is going to be our family and we're going to pray for breakthrough and we're going to continue to serve and love. And I am so, so grateful for the Holt Road folks and for the way in which they've loved and served and cared for this congregation for so, so long. Our, our prayer has always been that our reach would be further than our grasp that our reach would be further than what we have in this room. Does that make sense? Like what we have in this room is a bunch of folks, but each of you have ministries that extend way beyond what happens in here on a Sunday. And we've wanted to awaken the kingdom dreams that are in your heart so that you're living out your faith in your everyday life. And so you take every person in here and you think about their relational network and all of the people there loving and serving and caring for and sharing the gospel and, and, and helping and, and blessing and, and, and just loving in their everyday life. And all of a sudden you realize that our reach is so much larger than we ever imagined that it possibly could be. Um, and there are folks who kind of look at the church and they say, these are the things I'm, I want from the church. You know what I'm talking about? There's this consumer mentality in our culture, and, and I, I don't know, I, I haven't lived in Atlanta forever, but there's a lot of churches in Atlanta, and they do everything. Like, if you want a laser light show with drummers that float in from the sky, you can probably find it here in Marietta, right? Like, there are any kind of church imaginable is around, and so there's this consumer mentality of, this is what I'm looking for from a church, and this is the thing that I need, and I need you to deliver this to me, and you got to deliver the goods, and the worship has to be perfect, and the teaching has to be great, and the kids' ministry has to be great, and the youth ministry has to be great, and all these things have to align, and if they don't, then I'm out. I'm going to the Sky Drummer's Church. And then there's people that want things for the church. I want the church to be a light. I want this place to be a place where Jesus' name is proclaimed. I want grace and mercy and kindness and fruits of the Spirit to flow out of this, this room and into our community. And, and, and my invitation to all of you is, could we be people that want something for the church and not from the church? Could we be the type of people who are leveraging what we have for the sake of each other? The church is the only organization that doesn't exist for itself. We don't exist for our own good and our own support. We exist for the world. And we exist to bless and to care for and to, um, and, and to proclaim the name of Jesus over and over and over again. And, and there's something really powerful that happens when we lay down our consumer mentalities and say, I'm going to leverage what I have for the church. And so today, I, I want to look at not just corporately, but individually, how do we become the type of people who, who are for the church? And how do we leverage what we have for the sake of the kingdom? Uh, and, and when we look back on the last year, I, I'm guessing that there is beauty and brokenness in every single person's story. And we could have a microphone right here and everybody could just come up and share stories of beauty and brokenness in 2022. And I promise you, we would grieve and cry over the pain and the woundedness and brokenness that people have experienced. 
And I promise you that we would laugh and we would experience joy and celebration over the stories of breakthrough and the wins and the things that are happening in everyday life. And and that's one thing that's tricky about our life here is that we experience these moments of great beauty and just awe where we look around and there's this wonder of like, life is great. Sometimes I have these moments when I'm with my family and we'll just be eating a meal and the kids will be laughing. I dropped my son off at college just a few, week, few days ago and he has his first apartment. He's got an apartment now and he's, I, I put together his room and bought him groceries because Lord knows what he would eat if I didn't. And, and I had these great conversations with him and I just drove home and I was just like, thank you, Jesus. I prayed for 20 years that my son would know you and that he'd walk with you and that he'd love you and that he'd be a light where you placed him and it's happening and thank you. And there's moments of this great beauty where life just feels like, oh man, it's good, you know? That Christmas morning with the kids laughing and the muffins taste good and I I don't know, whatever, everything is just beautiful and perfect. But then there's these moments of real brokenness and real pain And real hurt where it feels like this place isn't a safe place. And this world isn't a good place. And it feels like everything's piled up against us. And everything's falling apart. And everything is broken. And for those of us who follow Jesus, we we hold the beauty and the brokenness together. I have two friends that I love dearly that died of cancer this year. I hate cancer. I'm so tired of cancer. It's just so much brokenness and pain and hurt. And there's not a day that I don't wake up and think about those friends. There's not a day that I wake up and don't think about the hurt that kind of came in and entered our life because of the loss. And So we, we hold this beauty and brokenness together. Henry Nouwen said it this way. He said, our life is full of brokenness, broken relationships, broken promises, broken expectations. How can we live with that brokenness without becoming bitter and resentful except by returning again and again to God's faithful presence in our lives? And I, th- this is the only way I know how to hold beauty and brokenness together is in the presence of Jesus, is that we keep going back to him. In the good times, we go back to him. In the hurt, we go back to him. In the woundedness, in the brokenness, in the pain, we say, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting that you're working. I can't see it. I don't know what's happening, but I trust that you're good, and I trust that you're working in this situation. In the good, we celebrate and we say thank you, and we just keep returning over and over and over to the presence of Jesus, and we allow him to speak into our everyday life. And there's something powerful about being able to hold these two things together. John 16, says this. It says, I have told you these things so that you might have peace. For in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart because I've overcome the world. In this world, there is going to be brokenness. 2023, when we stand here a year from now, there is going to be brokenness in every single one of our lives. There's going to be pain that happens in the next year. There's going to be hurtful situations. There's going to be death. There's going to be sickness. There's going to be pain. There's, we're, we're, we're all experiencing that. And there's going to be beauty. There's going to be moments of great joy and celebration. There's going to be moments where it feels like all of the world fits together and everything is operating as it should be. But in the middle of our pain, the question that we ask is, what is God inviting us to Who am I called to be in the middle of my brokenness and in the middle of this beauty? 
So here's what I want us to do. I, I, I want you to think about some of the grief that you experienced in the last year. And I want you, I, I, t- I used to tell my kids this when they were little. I would hold it in your hand. Like just keep it with you for a second. Think about some of the pain and woundedness and brokenness that you experienced over the last year. And just hold it for a second. Just remember it. Think about it. Carry it for a second. And then I want you to think about the beauty, the moments where everything was as it should be, and it was good, and it was right, and God was with you. It was present and exciting. Hold those moments in your hand as well. There's a, there's a prayer. It's an ancient prayer called the Prayer of Examine. And it's a prayer that teaches you to just pay attention to what God is doing. And the, the practice of this prayer is a lot of different ways that it's been practiced throughout history. But one of the ways that it's practiced is when you hit your pillow at the end of the night, every single night, when you hit your pillow, just ask Jesus to take an inventory of your day. Where did I miss you? Where are you working and I didn't see you? Where were you present and I wasn't attentive to your presence? Where did I miss a moment of worship and gratitude and beauty? Or where did I slide right by the pain and not spend any time actually reflecting and figuring out what you were doing? And this is what I want to ask us to do today is just take some time to say, God, did I miss you anywhere in 2022? And is there something that you're inviting me to in 2023. So we want to look back, but we also want to look look forward. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 says, but the one thing I do is I forget what lies behind and strain toward what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything, you would think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. I want us to think about what is God inviting us into? What's the thing that he's asking us to press into? Because there's things that we need to take away from 2022, and there's things that we need to leave behind. Are you with me? There's things that we need to carry with us into 2023, and we need to remember, and we need to carry, and there's things that we need to leave behind and say, that's, that's the old me. That's the old part of my life that is dead now, and I'm stepping into the new life that Christ has for me. So what is he inviting to you into? How do you hold that beauty and that brokenness together? And so I, I want to give just one example, uh, kind of a prophetic word that I'm kind of thinking through myself of just how I, we pay attention to what's going on in our life. And I just want to model this through my own lens, and maybe it helps you experience some of this stuff. So over the last few years, I've got, or last few days, I've got these reflection questions that I've come up with that we're going to share at the end of the service. And I've been working through them myself, personally. Just um, thinking about my own life, thinking about what, where was God in 2022, what is he inviting me into in 2023. And, and the thing that keeps coming to mind as I've been asking Jesus about what does he want to say to me is this idea of attention management. Um, we talk a lot about time management, right? We love books on time management. Anybody else like a nerd like me and that you, you want to find like the life hacks, like you can squeeze another half hour out of the day somehow. So there's all of these books. I read a book this, this week, this year called The 12 Week Year. And it was like, this is how you do all of your work in 12 weeks. It was nonsense. And there's no way that you could do that. Um, but it gave me hope. I was like, maybe I could do all my work for the year in 12 weeks. I, I had this hope that it could actually happen. Uh, you guys are probably familiar. A lot of you read business books of the, the four-hour work week. You guys know that one? 
Like, I could just work for four hours. That would be awesome. I'm just going to do that. And we love these, like, life hacks of, like, how do I squeeze more time out of the day? And as I've been praying, here's, here's one thing I realized. Anytime anybody in 2022 asked me, how are you? You know how I responded? Busy. Every time. It didn't matter if I was experiencing great pain and brokenness and woundedness. I didn't say, I'm really hurting because I just lost two friends from cancer and I'm struggling. I said, I'm busy. It didn't matter if I was experiencing great moments of beauty and joy and excitement. I I didn't say, you know what, things are great. I just dropped my kid off at school. It was so beautiful. It was amazing. It was really good. I said, I'm busy. And I started to realize that the issue for me is I'm involved in lots of different things, and that's not changing in 2023. There's not margin for me to create. There's no time management life hack for me to create to, like, I'm not going to figure out how to do the church work in four hours. I'm not going to have figure out how to do the work that I do in other places in two hours. Like, there's not a lot of, like, life hacking that can happen in my life. And so the issue for me is not so much time management but it's attention management. It's not about how do I squeeze more out of the day. It's about knowing where my attention lies and is my attention on the right things. Matthew Crawford, in his book, The World Beyond Your Head, gives this one challenge that the modern life, our attention is not always ours to direct. We sit in an airport, we stand in line at the grocery, we browse the daily headlines, Everywhere we go, there is an aggressive, loud, bullhorn something shouting at us, demanding our attention. Pay attention to my product. Buy this thing. Use your time in this way. Get on my social media platform. Attention is now a contested resource. Isn't that interesting? It's a contested resource. And like a city without walls, it will be overrun unless we build some walls post-centuries and fortify ourselves against these attacks. The conditions today make it hard for us to attend to, especially with a smartphone buzzing in our pockets over and over and over again, demanding our attention in different ways. And just as time anxiety is old, so too is the fight for our attention. And it was attention that the Apostle Paul admonished the church of Philippians to cultivate. Philippians 4, verse 8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Paul's saying, listen, there's a million things that can grab your attention. Focus on the kingdom. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the things that are good. Pay attention to what's happening around you. Pay attention to all of these things that are happening. Your attention is valuable, so develop it for the good. And when Paul instructed the Corinthians to take every thought captive, what he's saying is, listen, your mind can run you in a million different directions. You can get sidetracked by all the wrong things. I want you to focus your attention on the things that matter. So people would come up to me and they would say, Ben, how are you? And I would say, I'm busy. But was I? Like, I still have a lot of time to scan the message boards about Ohio State football which are not a very healthy place right now, right? 
I, I had a lot of time to get on Instagram and pay attention to like, who are we recruiting this year that's going to come in? Who's going to play quarterback next year? I, I had a lot of time to do all kinds of different things that just is mindless and just and, and I, I know that we have to have these times where we retreat, and I know, I'm not saying work all the time, I'm not saying constantly be on, but, but I know that there are moments where people were like, hey, Ben, I, I, I need you, I need your time, I need your effort, I need your energy here, and I, and I just didn't have it to give. And so the question that I'm asking is, what is Jesus inviting me into with my attention in the next year? What's he inviting me to pay my attention to? I I think Jesus is asking me, is it just me personally? Where is your attention? Is it focused on the right things? Because in the kingdom of productivity, the only goal is speed. It's to get things done and to get them done fast. It's to mark the things off of your to-do list over and over and over again and say, I got this done, I got this done, I got this done. Now tomorrow there's another list that's waiting for me and I gotta knock that one out and I gotta figure out the next one after the day after that and it's just piling up. The kingdom of productivity is all about speed and it's all about success, but the kingdom of heaven is not about that. Jen Pollock Michael says this, he says, in the kingdom of heaven there is no cheating time because it takes time to visit the widow. It takes time to welcome the outcasts. It takes time to cultivate a vocation to tend to a marriage, to raise a child, to nurture a friendship, and to grow a deeply formed life. We talk about time as if it's an instrument or as if it's a commodity, as if it's something that we can squeeze something more out of. But what if we talked about time as if it was something that belonged to Jesus? We did a long series on money this year. We talked about finance. And for some reason, It is easy for me to understand that with my resources, and when I say resources, I mean money, with my money that God is the owner and I'm the manager, right? That God owns all of my resources, it belongs to him, and so if he asks me to give some away, I trust that he's going to provide some somewhere else. I don't have the same theology with my time. I think time is a resource that I lose and I don't get back. So I have to choose, do I go here or do I go here? And wherever I go, I don't get it back. And I know, for me personally, there are moments this year where Jesus was saying, I want your time, I want your attention, I want your affection here. And I was like, Jesus, I can't do that because I've got seven things on my to-do list that I gotta get done over here. Why do I not trust that when I do the thing that Jesus has invited me to, when I put my attention and affection where he has asked me to, that he is going to take care of the to-do list over here? Why don't I trust that he's going to do the same thing with my time that he does with my money? Like I was even thinking about, what if, how, do, how do we tithe 10% of our time? What does that look like? We did a challenge a few years ago where we asked everybody in the church to tithe 10% of their meals. I want you to tithe 10% of your meals, and, and we're not talking about giving your food away. We're talking about inviting people to your table. Like 10% of the, one out of every 10 meal that I have, I'm gonna invite a neighbor to my table and I'm gonna bless them and I'm gonna serve them and I'm gonna listen to them and I'm gonna care for them. Like why is it that we can think about tithing in all of these ways but we can't think about it with our time? I would say it's because our culture is broken. I would say because all of us, sometimes we're swimming in the water of America and we're swimming in the water of consumerism 
And we're swimming in the water of productivity. And we're swimming in the water of achievement and success and speed and to-do list and all of these things that we have to get done. And we don't even know the waters around us. We don't even know how much all this affects us. And so for me, I'm just throwing this out there for me. As I started praying through all of these things, and as I started asking, what are you inviting me into? I felt Jesus say, could you stop being so captive to your to-do list? Could you stop being so captive to the ticking time bomb of time that's happening every day? And could you start to trust me with your time? Could you call a friend in the middle of the day and say, hey, man, how are you doing? I, I don't do that. I got stuff to get done. <laughs> I've got things that are keeping me busy. I, I don't ever just like, oh, I just thought of you. I'm going to give you a call. I, I'm, I'm working. I'm frantic. I'm trying to check the boxes. Could you stop and help somebody in need when you're running from place to place? I think one of the reasons we don't serve our neighbors is because we're too busy to do it. We all see needs around us all the time. It's just we're like, I, I got to get over to this other thing. I got this other meeting that I got to get to. We're like the religious people that walk past the guy on the road over and over and over again. We're running by. Do you have time to slow down and listen to me? Do you have time to stop and reflect? Do you ever get out in nature and just walk and thank Jesus for what he's given you to? So the invitation for me is to turn my attention back to him and to figure out this year, how do I pay more attention to what God is up to and less attention to my to-do list? And here's what I wanna invite you to do. I wanna invite you to think about the same thing. What's the invitation for you in this next year? And maybe there's something I said that you're like, oh yeah, I need that one. I, I'm, my, I'm, I'm on the to-do list thing too. I wanna, I wanna pay attention to this. But maybe there's something else that the Lord is stirring or working in you. I, I believe this, and this is one of our core values. We believe in hearing the whisper, which is that idea that there is the written and the preached word of God, the, 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 the logos. And then there is the rima, which is the whisper of the Holy Spirit. It's God just prompting your heart. It's God just stirring you towards something. And so I've got a list of kind of reflection questions and hopes. Um, and I, I just want to read through these. Here's some reflection questions. So for 2022, what brought me great joy? What lessons did I learn? Who showed up for me? What do I still need to grieve? What am I most proud of? What do I need to celebrate? What am I taking away? What am I leaving behind? And I'll add one. What did God awaken in me in 2022? Um, and these will flash back up a couple times, but I know you're not going to be able to work through all of these in the next five minutes that I'm going to give you. So some of these, this is going to be homework for you guys. We'll put it on our social media accounts this week, but pay attention to some of these and, 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 uh, and, and just take some time to reflect for a minute. And here's some hopes for 2023. What emotions do I want to feel more of this year? Who do I want to connect with more? What do I want to spend more time doing? What's one dream that I want to see come to life? What's something you want to do just for fun and just for you? Come on. How do you want to show up differently in 2023? Show up differently to work. Show up differently to your family. Show up differently to the dinner table at night. Show up differently to the breakfast table in the morning. Where, where do you want to show up differently and what does that look like? What's the one key value I want to live into 
2023? And then lastly, just what's, what's God inviting you into in the next year? Uh, so we're going to move into a time of just reflection. We've got communion stations set up all around the room, and part of our liturgy every single Sunday is we just take communion. We just take a minute, we take the body and the bread and the, the juice and the blood, and we just thank Jesus for what he's done and for who he is. And so we want to invite you to take communion. But as you're doing that, these questions are going to flash. We're going to flash back and forth between hopes and reflections. And maybe just pick one question that God is drawing your attention to and just spend some time thinking about it. Spend some time just thinking about your life and thinking about your last year. And then maybe take some of these home with you, and, and this can be your church homework uh, for this week. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the last year. And well, Lord, we do thank you for both the beauty and the brokenness. We thank you that you're with us at all, in all seasons, that you're always present and that you're always at work and that you're good. And so we trust you and we love you. And we do ask that you would work in us and among us and through us. We ask that you would invite us to the things that you've called us to that you would stir our hearts towards what you want for us and that our attention and our affection would belong to you. And so I just pray right now that over the next five minutes, you would speak loudly and clearly to your people. I pray that you would do the work that I can't do as a preacher and that you would stir hearts and that you would bring up ideas, that you would bring reflection. I pray that you would bring healing for things that are broken right now in this moment that there are things that are broken and that haven't been grieved and haven't been thought of, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, Jesus, right now, that you would heal broken places. I pray for freedom right now. There are things that have held us captive that we need to leave behind in the last year, and I pray through the power of your Spirit that you would bring freedom right now. And I pray that you would bring gratitude and joy and thanksgiving and thankfulness in our hearts as we reflect on the good and the beauty that you've done in the last year. So Lord, we ask you to speak. Your servants are listening.